0: I'm Byron Harris, and this is When I Got Here, Untold Immigrant Stories, a podcast from Literacy Achieves. At Literacy Achieves, we provide English literacy programs for immigrant and refugee families in Dallas, Texas. Our students come to us from all over the world. We celebrate them and what they bring to our country. When I Got Here tells the stories of immigrants who've come to the United States, why they left their homelands, and the lives they're making here. This episode, something different. A story about the language of music, how it brought three immigrants together, and how they've dealt with the culture of the United States as they journeyed here. This is the sound of DSQ, the Dallas String Quartet. Grammy nominees, listed second on the Billboard chart of classical crossover groups. The immigrant core of the DSQ is three men, founder, composer, and viola player Jan Zanka.
1: I moved here in 2001 from Romania. My family is also, historically, they're all musicians on my dad's side. My grandfather is a musician i went to a school that was music specific my parents are from a small village or community there and there was no music school but they saw that i wanted me to study music so they sent me away i stayed i was six i stayed with a host family but it was quite difficult because i was six and i was by myself the city close to Bucharest called uh Trigovište, which is about two hours away from Bucharest. Basist Jung
0: Hyo came from South Korea with his mother when he was in the ninth grade.
2: Back then, a lot of family in, back in Korea, they sent their, their, their child to U.S. for the education. Because you were able to get to the U.S. with travel visa and actually go to public school. And public school will change the visa to the student visa without any cost. There were a lot of parents that would send the kids and the mom to the U.S. and stay there for maybe six months, and they would go back and forth, maybe go back to Korea during the summer and come back for the fall. This is around the 90s, uh, 1990s.
0: Percussionist Efren Guzman from Mexico City came from a musical
3: family, too. I started with my bro- my father. Uh, he would take me to these gigs when I was a little kid, and... He would give me a couple of maracas, and he just follow me. And by the second set, I would fall asleep in the <laughs> drum case. <laughs> the hardware case, because I was just little. And that's how I started. And then I went to the conservatory, and they didn't teach drums at there, but they teach percussion. Each artist matured on his own schedule.
0: Young and Efron attending music school at the University of Texas, Jan achieving a master's from SMU. With two American-born violinists and a guitarist, they tour as many as 40 days a year. Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, and South Carolina are already on the schedule in coming weeks. For a while, at each performance, they are immigrants again, trying to show their best in an alien environment. Jan Zonka.
1: We tour the whole country, and we're in places we have no business in being sometimes, in places that we would be impossible for us to relate to people. But music does help us connect with them. It's an interesting phenomenon that happens when we start a concert. The audience and the band, they're assessing each other. Like, what do they think the audience is? Like, who are these guys? Are they any good? You know, it's that constant assessment. The way we structure our concerts is what's interesting. We start with classical, we start very slow. And then eventually we get to a point where we put a virtuosic piece. Not because we want to play th- that virtuosic music, but we want to show them, it's like, okay, we can play. Us choosing to play Don't Stop Believing is for your benefit because we know you love it. <laughs> you know, kill this violin and you play that you think that is nobody's business. Once we pass that boundary, they let their guard down and something magical happens. They relax because we just told them, we just play something that we are really good and then we play something that we know they like. So we follow up usually something like that with Bohemian Rhapsody which a lot of people enjoy you know, because there's a lot of music in that piece. So it's very interesting that we get to see this and as the concert progresses we are sitting there and we let them know that we consider this a blessing and an opportunity to be in front of them. A lot of times people don't know who they're dealing with so we have to say it. It's like, We don't take this for granted, like we all have difficult journeys, you know, we left families behind, we left friends, we had to learn quickly how to adapt to a new culture, but we love music. And if we're able to sit in front of you and perform and give you our honest best, you know, every concert, usually we go outside after the concert, people hug us, they literally give us a hug and they feel like they know us and we're... We've been in Nebraska and we've been into, like, Iowa and Burlington and everywhere from the east to the west and in the middle. And it's still interesting that that happens. They feel like they know us, not because we have something in common, because we're coming from completely different backgrounds, but because I think it's the willingness to connect to them, to meet them in the middle. This is who you are. We know you guys love Sweet Caroline and we play Sweet Caroline. We never listened to that in our life before. But we got to like it too, because you guys love it. So it's that connection that um, music brings and help us to break that barrier. And people are definitely more willing to get to know you because who wants to know a foreign guy with a Romanian accent coming from a communist country and playing viola? Like that's such a niche thing. That most people be like, "Ah, that's cool. You're kind of an exotic bird to them.
0: As they look out across the audience, they are aware of the tender bruises in American culture. Korean Young Han.
2: Koreans are more sensitive to what America does as, as far as um, in the politics and who got elected as a president and, and what they will do as, as far as the federal rates go up and down and, and those stuff. What well, my parents will talk about is, you guys probably heard about the shooting in Allen, uh, the mall, a couple months ago. And those gun controls uh, are very, very, you know, very next to us. Those Korean family who got murdered, you know, those kind of news will, will worry my parents because it just happened back, in the backyard of, of our neighborhood. And, and they, were very, they, they were actually friends of my brother. And those kind of news will worry my parents. And are you, are you guys okay? What, you know, what are you guys going to do? Or... Please do not go to these big gatherings because you know what might happen. So those are news. Those news are more you know, sensitive to my, parent, my my family, and, and my relatives.
3: Uh, I think that the United States is suffering from a different kind of terrorism right now, which is all the shootings that are so often. In Mexico, we have the narcos, which is about the same thing but a different texture. But still, it's terrorism. At least you know who's the enemy. At least, yeah, yeah. But still, it's just, you know, innocent people get killed. And that's just, I mean, devastating.
0: They wonder if the United States senses its changing image in the eyes
1: of the world. I think it's for the first time where they can see America is not as stable as it used to be. And it's easily rattle. You just need a good Facebook account, apparently, to make people fight and be in the streets and none of this looks good and the way I can think of it is almost it might be wrong but you know you read all the studies with kids if the parents have a stable relationship you know the kids usually they know what's right what's wrong when to do it when not to do it so it helps them having those boundaries when the parents are fighting and that's out of the way you know and there's no more stability that affects the kids right and they have all kind of issues i think it's a little bit this way with america and maybe it's a wrong example to make america the parent and the other countries children but the idea that is supposed to be a bigger force that shows the stability it's not good for countries like romania for countries that now you give a little bit of Doubt, whenever you give them the opportunity for doubt, that is like, okay, what America stood for was freedom and liberty and pursuing of happiness. Or, um, those great things, now you see that there's so much corruptions and div- division between them. Not having a stable United States affects the whole world. In Not saying that America needs to be the police of the world or anything like that, but what I'm saying is that Having that stability here, at least, you know, in our own backyard when it comes to whose president is it legal to be, should we arrest him, not arrest him, even to the basic level, it's it affects the world in a place, um, like a, a more concrete way. So I think the instability here, it's definitely not good for the Western world, at least, you know, for the people outside, the small countries like Romania that are looking for those. We're right there. We're the first country with NATO country close to Ukraine. I mean, that's... Like, we need to know that <laughs> things happening in Romania, you know, that we have some sort of backing, you know, for, for what's to come. We cannot fight Russia. We cannot fight anybody. We're a small Romanian country. We just want peace. But now we enter this game, and you're, like, having the game be shaky. We put everything into this, you know, and so... Not having a good, um, not having the stability in the political system here, I think, it affects, um, at least Romania.
0: That said, they're staunch U.S. citizens, proud of the contribution they make to American society.
3: I have a better life here in America. I mean, you can actually pursue, pursue your dream. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you work hard and you get think in Mexico, you work hard. You buy a nice car, and why should I buy a nice car if in the next light somebody's gonna gunpoint, take my car away? And then you go to the police and they don't do anything about it. It happened to me twice. I took my car to a car wash, and I, I said, can you wax it? Yes, okay, two hours. When I came by, it was gone. The owner of the car wash threatened me. She opened the drawer and showed me a gun, and say, hey, are you gonna complain about it? Somebody took your van, it was your brother. I said, my brother lives in USA. So it was all scam. You know, they just and then another one I was driving and some uh, driving from a gig late at night and a guy just pulled out in front of me, shotgun, and a guy came in and says, Hey, give me your car. And I was just stranded in the middle of the street with no car. Mm-hmm. I went to the police. I, put a, I uh, open a file they do anything I never found my car I have to go to the insurance they pay me whatever they got and I got a new car so the next thing you do is like okay so I'm just gonna buy a used car that doesn't look nice
1: I think the true value of living in America is not necessarily in the comfort that you're with the food and the shelter and the the peace of not being persecuted because while that's great I think that's just the beginning like for if you were to pursue, like you were saying, dreams, or you pursue knowledge, or pursue anything that is worth, make you feel that you tried your best to reach your full potential. And a lot of times, coming from our different countries, it's not necessarily that we don't have access to information, because nowadays everybody has access to information, to the internet. But it's really hard to reach that stage where you don't feel guilty pursuing something more than just the basics of life. And I think that's one thing that I found here, you know, once we set up and we realize we can make music with friends, we have food to eat, we have that. It's for the first time that you, I try to get to know myself because a lot of immigrants don't have this luxury. This is a true luxury to think of like, what do I really want to achieve? Who do I really want to be? And the true value of America is for those that want to see that. You've been listening to When I Got Here, Untold
0: Immigrant Stories, a production of Literacy Achieves, where we provide English literacy programs for immigrant and refugee families in Dallas. To learn more about our mission and these podcasts, visit our website at literacyachieves.org.